0: everyone, thanks so much for joining the Farm One channel. My name is Ina and I'm going to be sharing a little bit about a book I've been reading recently called The Cooking Gene by Michael Twitty. In today's video I'm going to be sharing some of my thoughts, reactions, some of the themes that have been resonating with me, as well as some of the questions that I feel are unanswered. So if you've read this book, if you're planning on reading this book, or if you're just a book lover, Feel free to grab a cup of tea. I have mine right here and join me. The reason that I picked up this book was because I'm really curious about answering the question, how does a country, a food system, a society heal from trauma? Food and agriculture, especially in the United States, was built off of a terrible foundation. Slavery exploited a lot of people and a lot of crops. And I'm really curious about what our role today is in healing from that trauma. And I wanted to explore Southern cooking through Michael Twitty's eyes so that I could understand the history of what happened in this system. How can we imagine a future food system that doesn't exploit people? Before I jump into some of the themes that have been resonating with me, I do wanna emphasize that I am speaking from this from a place of privilege. I'm learning about these things through books, And I don't have lived experience, and I'm not an expert. And that definitely changes the way that I speak about it, how I learn about it. So I want to share that before I jump in. The first theme that I want to talk through is this concept of authenticity versus authority. So Michael Twitty was sharing that in the book that cooking from heritage and personal identity is fraught with a lot of political debate. So I'm going to talk about this concept in we're, we're going to I'm going to lay out three scenarios. Scenario A is a black chef cooking a southern meal for a white audience. A lot of people would say that's repeating history and that's repeating what had happened during the time of slavery. Scenario B, a white chef cooking a southern meal for a white audience. A lot of people would say that's cultural appropriation. There is a white chef taking away, taking, you know, using power and taking away Southern cooking from its origins and monetizing from it. Scenario C is what if there was what would it look like if a white chef was cooking a Southern meal for a black audience? And from these debates, all I can understand from that is that context really matters I don't think that there's ever going to be an owner or someone that's allowed to do Southern cooking. There's no one designated group or community or person that takes ownership of Southern cooking. But it's important to give credit where credit is due. And Southern cooking, yes, a lot of it comes from African cooking, a lot of its origins. But there's also Native communities that have influenced what Southern cooking is. There's also hints of French cooking in Louisiana. New Orleans used to be a French colony. So there's a little bit of influence from that. Michael in the book, he talks about how even his personal identity, he has Native American in his in his DNA. He also has some white in his DNA. And so what does that mean? Is he, is he supposed to be cooking Southern food or not? And so I don't think that there's ever a definitive binary yes or no answer. Yes, you own this. No, you don't own this. And that it's a lot more fluid and complex. And the context of this really matters. The second theme that really resonated with me is this concept of connectedness. So Michael Twitty started off the book with what may be controversial, that everyone in the South is family, whether it's liked or not. Because of all of the rape and sexual exploitation, there's a lot more DNA that is shared than that is not. And phenotypes, the way we look, can be really misleading. He himself has Native American, white, and black in his blood. And so he went on this whole journey of doing DNA sequencing to reveal that. And what it showed me was that our heritage is not a linear process or it's not a one-way street. And that can translate into our cooking, our culture, what we practice, our traditions. I myself, my traditions are a bit of a mix between American traditions as well as Filipino traditions. And so how can we pinpoint where all of the source of these things are coming from when it's not a linear process? And I think this concept of connectedness has really taught me to be comfortable with the complexities of all of our influences. The third theme that is really resonating with me is this concept of duality. How do you hold two opposing truths at the same time? So for Southern cooking, the kitchen was a source of a lot of trauma, and it's where a lot of the exploitation had happened. But on the other hand, the kitchen was also a place to preserve heritage and to preserve a culture. And so how do you come to terms with what a kitchen is for Southern cooking? when you hold these two opposing truths. I relate to this on a personal level. As a woman, I've been taught, your role is not in the kitchen and you're, you you know, you have so much more to, to contribute outside of the kitchen. But at the same time, I do like being in the kitchen. I like baking, especially. I like cooking with the things that I grow. And so how do I form a relationship with the kitchen while holding these two opposing truths? And what I really appreciate about this book and about all of the things Michael Twitty shared is that we are full of all of these two opposing truths around us. And the magic of life really happens in the middle. And that's where we explore who we really are. Thank you so much for joining today's video. I'm gonna be reading the second half, so feel free to turn on the notifications so that you'll get uh, notified when the second half of this part two of this video is published. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for joining.